Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rochelle, today. Rochelle, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. We've been on a roll for a couple weeks now, and I'm looking at a weekend with nothing planned. Hey, I'm telling you, May has been a blur, <laughs> but we're ready to do podcast episode number nine. Yeah, we missed last week. I said we would get a podcast in last week, and it didn't happen. With Memphis and May, all bets are off. We knew that going in. It's it's a blur now. I mean, it <laughs> seems like it's been so long ago because we haven't stopped since the last time we did a podcast. Our schedule has been so busy, and it really feels good to sit down today and just talk about what we've done, because yeah. it's it's all in the distance so far. It's, it's funny how things go like that, but what are we going to talk about today? Well, I figured we'd talk about Memphis and May real quick, because like you said, Memphis and May, it's kind of like, like being on like a bronc and bull. You just hang on. It's all you can think about uh, until all- it... Throws you in the mud. Yeah, oh yeah, we got thrown in the mud this year. No, we had a we had a great Memphis in May. Yeah, I thought the shoulders thought the shoulders we cooked were excellent. Uh, We finished twenty fourth was wasn't our best finish by any means, but hey, you know we'll take it. We thought our judges gave us great feedback. Our on site scores were awesome. I mean, we we pretty much tinned out on site. I think we carried one nine nine there. Um, They got us on blind boxes on flavor on taste. Uh, we got two nines, and anytime you carry two nines at Memphis and May, it's going to knock you back to that second tier. You know, and, and you're hoping for top twenties at that point. Yeah. But right. overall, our score was good. We got a ten thirteen. Uh, we we got a, a eighth place in exotic, which I think the first seventeens were all tied. So we were right up there. I mean, when you get in that many teams, that means turning in stuff when you're when you're up in the top ten. It's just splitting hairs. It's so close. Yeah. Um, the sauces were what surprised me. Man, we got killed um, in sauces. And just, what was it, two years ago, we won vinegar. Um, same recipe, same sauce. And I think it was 51st this year. And then the tomato sauce, it was about the same place. It was luck of the draw when it comes. I mean, there's so many good entries people are turning in. So we just throw something at it and hope it sticks. But. And the the shed one grand. Congratulations to Brad and Brooke, man! All the guys, Hobbs, man! Those guys did a fantastic job. That's their second time to win Memphis and May. They're two time world champs now. And they've won hog one year, didn't they? Yeah, well, they, they yeah. This, one this year is their second hog. Oh, now you this mean this first third place. hog? This is their second grand. Yeah, I was going by grands. Yeah. You might be right. I don't know how many times they've won hog, but I know that this is their second world championship. Shout out to Boar's Night Out, man. Alan and Eric. And, they made finals Bob, for the first time. First time finals. They, they ended second up with place. second. Yeah. yeah. That was good. I mean, so many friends were up there in the top. So it was just a good year for us. Jay uh, and Jamie from Tennessee Mojo got them a top 10 round. He got his first top 10. Jay <laughs> called me balling when he found out. It was it was a special moment, Jay. <laughs> uh, Chris Lilly got first in shoulder. With, Tuffy was there, second yeah. place in shoulder. Joel, uh, the guys from Beast Mode, the state cooking team, they finished third in shoulder, finaled. He come that down, awesome. didn't have any sauce or anything to glaze his shoulders. He's like, man, you got anything? And I didn't bring a whole lot of extra, but I found him some, and it pulled him on through. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a little credit for that, Joel, if you're listening. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. We're always glad to help people out. That's what barbecue is, man. 
So if you're ever out there and you run out of something, you can usually come down and find somebody that's going to let you borrow something that you never know. It might get you there in the end. Yeah. West took first place. Mark, Mark West Mark with Tim Bones Barbecue yep. took first place for you. Our buddy Dwayne was cooking with Mike Mills and got a ninth place in Hall. It was seventeenth Street. The top tens in all categories was filled up with friends, yeah. and that's good to see that. Yeah. I mean, there's um, you Ben know, Wilson, Shane Draper. They got they had the Griller Grills guys got them a good call in Hall. Yeah. So we're the only ones that missed out. We were the <laughs> we're the bridesmaid this time. We just got left on the outside. But hey, that's all right. We we talked. You know, this this year Memphis and May kind of us was about going and networking and getting to see people and and I had a good time with that. Um the weather cooperated with us. It didn't rain a whole lot, so it wasn't real muddy and temperatures were nice. It was getting hot. I didn't mind that at yeah. all. But we uh It was a smooth Memphis and May for us for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. I took a bunch of pictures at Memphis May, and everybody was commenting on the smoked bologna and cheese tray that you did. Yeah. How'd you do that smoked bologna that and cheese? Bologna and crackers. Bologna <laughs> cheese and crackers. You can't beat it. But No, I took some, uh, these are like quarter sticks of bologna. You yeah. can buy the whole stick if you want, but I like working with it in smaller pieces. It kind of, it's easier to work with, and you, you know, you kind of break it down. You can leave it whole longer instead of cutting it all up. But all I did was took those quarter sticks and halved them. And then I score, we made a little score pattern on it, just a little crosshatch, and that lets you put more rub and stuff in there. When you lay it on the grill, that crosshatch kind of opens up, and it just creates those crispy edges on it. And so we glazed it after a couple hours on the smoke. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing to cooking bologna. Yeah. Throw some, se- <laughs> throw some rub on it, put it on the grill. Two hours later, throw a little sauce on it, and then take it off and cut it up and eat it. Yeah. But then I just cut it up, spliced it. Stacked it in a pan, had my cheese row, and we just alternated bologna cheese, bologna cheese. It's got some crackers to go with it, some pickles, some pepperoncini peppers, and you got a Memphis-style appetizer right there. <laughs> and it disappeared pretty quick. Oh, man. Who don't love bologna? I mean, even though if, you don't, if you're not a bologna eater, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but once you smoke <laughs> it and put sauce and stuff on it, people think, they go crazy over this. Like, what is this? There's no way it's bologna. And um, we did the beef filet for <clears throat> beef turn-in. David Magnus cooked yeah, that. that. And he was, cooked the deer for exotic. How did he do the deer? Uh, the deer was, it was tenderized deer tenderloin, the inner loins. And it was so soft. It would just melt in your mouth. Um, he's, he had a marinade. He didn't, he didn't give me his marinade that he soaked it in. But he stuffed it with uh, provolone cheese and bacon onion, like caramelized bacon onion jam. And man, that was fantastic. And then he kind of folded it up. So it was kind of stuffed. And then he... Toothpicked it back together and just grilled it. And it had like a sweet glaze. He used the barbecue, uh, the vinegar sauce was actually his glaze on it. I think he put a little bit of brown sugar on the outside and then br- let that caramelize and then brushed it with that vinegar sauce. It was and good. It, it was really good. It was fan. You would not, you wouldn't know it was deer. Yeah. You know, if people that are say they don't eat deer and they tried that, there's no way they would know. It was so, I mean, it was, it ate just like beef, like filet. It melted in your mouth. You know, there was no, there's no tough, it's inner tenderloin, man. That's the softest part of the animal. And so we also entered the beef category at Memphis and May this year. David cooked it again, just like last year. You know, he won first place in it last year and it did the same, same entry. It was uh, beef tenderloin and he took it, marinated it, grilled it on the PK, put some nice grill marks on it. And then um, it was pretty simple. It was really simple. You know, it really it just s- grilled a really nice fillet. That's it. And it was I mean it was gorgeous too. Yeah. He topped it um with the 
it was like a blue, creamy blue cheese, warm uh, sauce that just drizzled over the top, and then mm-hmm. had crumbled bacon that went on top <laughs> of that. And that's what made it so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I love blue cheese. I guess um, it's it's a little bit of a gamble. It paid off last year. This year, what if you get a judge that doesn't like blue cheese? Mm-hmm. So it, it's you know, it's it one wasn't of those... a too strong blue cheese. You know, it wasn't like a really heavy blue cheese, but it you know, it did have those flavors. Yeah, I liked it. I, I mean, I personally it. think with beef, it was I want to put go. that dressing on a like a wedge salad or something. <clears throat> a blue cheese dressing that he made. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. It would be awesome over with some you know good bacon over the thick bacon yeah. crumbled up iceberg wedge. Well, let's talk about uh, our video this week. Because this week, um, we we kind of got back on schedule where we shot on Tuesday, edited Released this Released yesterday. Yeah. Well, this week, you know, Memorial Day weekend. Everybody's going to be firing up the grills, probably doing ribs. I said, I wanted to, you've been wanting me to do this for a while. Yeah, and it's I've kind been of, pushing for this, and you kept saying, meh. It's kind of worked, <laughs> well, it's kind of a take on like a rib fest style rib where they cook these big batches of ribs. I mean, they're feeding thousands of people. Um, and so they pretty much, they cook them on like big old hickory pits and they, you know, they just load those pits full of cooking cases of ribs. And then right before they serve them, they bring them back over like a Well, a they, they cook rib. them ahead of time. Yeah, you they have to. I mean, they'll, they'll put them on the night before. They're running it back. As soon as they come off, they're filling those grills back up. They're storing them in Alto Shams or Cambros or whatever, you know, whatever, holding boxes. Because they had to be ready for the masses. And what... The reason why, you know, we wanted to do this style of recipe is because it's a great way, if you're feeding a lot of people, you're pressed for time, you can't get up and cook them that morning, you can cook these ribs the day before, and then it's all about how you bring them back, how you set that glaze on them, and that's where we came up with the char-glazed name for it, because that's really what it is. All you need, you know, you need your smoker, smoke ribs, they're standard, any way you want to smoke them. I mean, I just went simple. Little little D barbecue rub, little AP, smoked them two hours, wrapped them about an hour and a half. They're perfectly tender. Took them off, uh, didn't put anything in the wrap, just went butcher paper. Uh, just, you know, trying to kind of preserve that seasoning on the outside of the butcher paper. You could use aluminum foil. I mean, it's well, no. You could just smoke them and not you could, wrap yeah, them at not all. Not wrap them and wait and wrap them until you can hold them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the deal. But the whole thing is letting them rest. Okay, so we cooled them all the way off. Just let them sit there. And then when it comes time to serve the ribs, that's when you want to char glaze them. I got my PK good and hot. You know, it, w- it wasn't like screaming, like searing a yeah, steak hot. It was just about. It wasn't too hot because you could really burn up some ribs. Oh, yeah. If you had it like 650, 700 degrees, you're going to burn what them. What do you think you're. If you I had to guess, I was running between 400. four around four hundred. No, you don't need it any hotter than that because the the sugars and the sauce are going to burn. So I set a good medium high heat. Yeah. I, I put, I think it was just a little over half of charcoal a uh, chimney of, of charcoal in the three sixty, which had it just right. I mean, it was sizzling when we when I put the ribs down, but it wasn't burning them. Yeah. You didn't see it burning because you want them. You really want the ribs to stay on the 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 grill about ten minutes, eight to ten minutes. To get them completely reheated all the way. Yeah, because you want to warm them all the way back yeah. up and and kind of caramelize char that sauce on the outside. Yeah. So you can't have it too hot or you won't be able to keep it on that yeah. long. And you'll have crunchy outside and cold Yeah, inside. exactly. I mean, so it is really, like you said, you, you want them warm thoroughly. But see, that's where, that's where it comes when you hold them. So if you're holding ribs. Um, well, let's it, talk about that. Let's say you cook them the day before. How do you? What do you do when you pull them off the smoker? They're they're cooked and they're tender well, when you pull them off. First, the you're gonna vent them for a little while, get the heat off of them, let them sit out at room temp, probably about an hour. 
and then you can put them in the fridge. And I would the easiest way is just stick them back in a in like a, a long aluminum pan, a full size pan, cover that pan in full, put them in the refrigerator. The next day, when you're going to bring them out, you're going to want them to sit out and come to room temp. That way, they're already mm-hmm. kind of getting yeah, a jump, jump start. Cold. Yeah, if yeah. you if you sauce a cold one, it's it's going to burn up before. So that is important to know. And I didn't touch on that in the video. You, you, you mentioned it. You, yeah. you want them at least room temp, you know, and it, it doesn't hurt. You could have your if you did have a smoker, you could have it go and have them sitting in there warming up, almost like you're holding like a warming box, mm-hmm. and then you're going to glaze them with that sauce at the end. And that's that's the easy part. Depending on the size of grill, like you know the 360, it's perfect for doing a couple racks of ribs. Yeah. If I had a bigger grill, I could have you know had the pan of ribs sitting over to the side, indirect warming. What's and that then big grill them. that they do? Like they'll do a bunch of steaks on. It's big and square. Oh yeah, it's, it's, like it's just an event grill. Yeah, that's what I call grill, them. Yeah. I mean, it's just pretty much a. A tray of charcoal is, with a yeah. grate right above it, and they're just event grills. Yeah, they and, do a lot of hot dogs. Yeah, that's, that's what they do. That's what they use at these, <laughs> these rib fest. They'll have several of those event grills, you know, end to end, and they'll have a couple guys running that, and they've got the mops with their sauce in it. You could use any kind of sauce on them. I just used fifty fifty combo, but if you know, the barbecue rub, vinegar rub, vinegar sauce. I like it a little thin. Um, it's, you definitely want a little bit thinner. It's okay to have that sauce warm a little bit. You know, it, it, it flows a little bit better. It's going to be more, it's not so much of a barbecue sauce as it is a glaze or almost like a barbecue based. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, you don't need it oily. You just want it sauce, but it can be thinned down. So you can thin it with apple juice, pineapple, whatever, you know, a little water, whatever you want to thin it down because, you know, it's meant to slather on char on each side, warm those ribs thoroughly, and then go to town on them. Yeah, and I think it would be cool. You could, you know, do the work the day before with your smoking. The next day when people are over, you pull them out and get that charcoal grill fired up, and you just, you know, throw them on the charcoal grill. The smell is amazing. For me, It looks really cool. You know, you're putting on kind of a little show for your friends and family. These are eating ribs. These are kind of ribs that, that I grew up having, and that's the way my mom and dad always did them. Uh, when we went, when we had family picnics or functions or barbecues, whatever, that was the way they did grill the ribs back then. They, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I mean, there there was <laughs> times when they, they did the old parboil thing. People <laughs> didn't people didn't know any better. Yeah. They would they would cut them up into pieces, parboil, and bring them out to the Fourth of July picnic at the lake, and they would have their grills lined up, <laughs> yeah. just char grilling them. And you know what? They ate pretty good. Yeah. I mean, well, they smoked as good as what we did I didn't now. Know any no, better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of people didn't. That's just how you did it. <laughs> But now, now that you know that you can smoke them and then still do that char glaze on them, oh, it's it's fantastic. You can sit down and eat a slab of these ribs. It's not like the ultra-rich competition ribs yeah. that we do. I mean, these are some good eats. And on Tuesday morning when you were getting your ribs ready to film, you, and you were actually cutting the... the top off you know to to make that st louis cut and i was like what are you gonna do with those rib tips and you said oh, i'm gonna throw them on the smoker and we'll eat them and i said well let me get some footage of that and we're gonna make a little video but yeah that and you know rib tips are some good eats now. a lot of people ask how do Heck i cook yeah. rib tips well it's so easy i mean you, know, you can buy st louis cut ribs they cost a little more per pound why not buy the whole spare ribs it's as simple as taking your knife and finding where that bone stops and making one cut all the way down the length of that slab to turn them into the St. Louis cut. And then you've got two or three inches of meat on top of that. And what it is, it's where that rib wraps around and joins at the breastbone. 
And so it's got some bone in it, it's got some cartilage yeah. in it, but there's a ton of good eating meat in there. And as all that fat and that cartilage, cartilage melts as it cooks, it flavors that meat. And man, if you hadn't had rib tips, I'm telling yeah. you, you got to try them because people know, people know that they're good. Yeah. You know, there's, we had a lot of good comments about saying, I eat them all the time. And I've, you know, I, I've even uh, talked to some of my buddies in, down in Louisiana and they make tasso ham out of their tr rib trimmings like that. How do you do that? Um, they just season it up. They've got, you know, you can use your favorite Cajun season, put it on there and smoke it. Get, you know, you're just what it is is like for flavor. it at all? No, no, the smoke's kind of preserving it. Okay. So you can throw it in the freezer once you get through. You know, vacuum seal it up and then get it out and use it for, if you're making red beans and rice, yeah. if you're making gumbos, it's just uh, tasso ham. It's, it's just good. It's kind of like trimmings of pork. I mean, it's all it is, flavored up. But yeah. the rib tips is where it's at. And they're so <laughs> simple. Man, you just put them on there, forget about them, let them smoke three or four hours so they get tender. They're pretty Brush easy. Brush them in yeah. some sauce. Put that back on. Let it sit. Man, there, there's no... There's no right or wrong. It's not a big process on doing rib tips. You're just yeah. eating it. Rib tip. <laughs> I like rib tips. Your mom will put them in the crock pot. Oh, yeah. She'll, she'll broil them. She does. You can do all kinds of stuff with rib tips. But those tips. are really, really good. And and when you're eating the rib tips, you get a little bit of cartilage and, you know, a little it's gristle a and yeah. things like that. It's not like a rib where you have a bone in the middle. No, it, you don't know what you're getting. Oh, no. My, my dad used to judge. That was my papa's favorite cut. He called, they called them knuckles. And my, he would work on one of them knuckle bones all day. There wouldn't be nothing left. But just a little piece of gristle or bone. He'd get all of it. It's just working <laughs> in rib knuckles. But were they as tender as yours? I don't think they were quite <laughs> as tender back then. They were probably they were probably just grilled till you know, probably boiled a little and grilled. But that was a long time ago. Well, I think the char glazed ribs, which I love that you came up with that name. I love that name because that's exactly what it was. It was char glazed. Yeah. Um, I thought they turned out. Excellent. Yeah, that, you got to try those. I mean, yeah. it, they're delicious. Charcoal, the charcoal grill puts a lo another layer of flavor on them that really makes them taste good. Yeah, and uh, and it's cool and it looks neat. <laughs> you can and do it, it on one great. grill. I mean, if you you know you had an egg or you had a Weber set up, you just well, smoke them and then you could have smoked them, off, them on the PK too. Oh yeah, I get it. You, you could have done them anyway. Yeah. I just I like the drum flavor too. There's yeah. just a couple racks. It's easy to throw on the drum. And, well, I always ask you, what would you do differently? Would you do anything differently with either the char glazed or the rib tips? Can no, you? I mean that's that's pretty much how I, I would do them. I mean, this simple. I mean, you could do all kinds of stuff with them. I just try to keep it easy so, so people would get the idea. And then the, I mean, you know, you could play with different seasonings, different kinds of sauces. Um, it, you know, it, there's you could the sky's the limit on what you could do to make that your own recipe. So yeah. that's all I would do. I mean. Well, um, this I'd probably eat some more of them. I think we gave them all away. I ate a couple boats on camera, and then we gave them all away. It's like, man, I could eat some more of those Jargalese ribs today. We're going to have to go get some for Memorial Day. We eat more barbecue. Like, we have a lot of friends that do barbecue, and they're like, oh, I hate barbecue. I don't, I don't eat barbecue. We eat a lot of barbecue, yeah. even when we're not cooking it for recipes. and We just kind of like it. That's oh, our yeah. thing. It's in my blood. So this week's topic... Thought we talk about smoker and grill maintenance. That's important. That's an important one. You know, I get questions about all the time. How do you clean your grills? Um, how do you reseason your grills and all that? When you get a new grill, how do you season it? Um, to me, the easiest way to keep your grills clean is just to clean them as soon as you get through cooking. You know, pull the fire on them while they're that still warm. Thing, yeah. Well, it is. I mean, okay. First, it starts with getting the heat out of it. Depending on what kind of grill it is, you got to go through that cool down. If it's a pellet grill, let it cool down. If it's a big smoker, 
pull the firebox out of it, put your coals in like a metal pail, put a lid on them so that it kills them. But while all that metal's hot and everything's loose on the inside, that's the easiest time for me to get it off. Now, I'm not deep cleaning my smokers all the time. It just depends on how often I use them when I do that. But for routine cleaning, I'm just, you know, I've got a paint scraper. I'm emptying out the grease if there's any grease in the bottom of it. I'm scraping off any of the crud. I mean, I want that seasoned flavor on my grill, but I do want to keep it clean. I mean, the racks are really important to get clean. Um, you can scrape Keep them sprayed with a little cooking spray. That's the first thing. Whenever you go, before you go to cook and spray your racks. And then everything's going to let go of it easier. So you can take them, you can hit them with a brush, knock off the big stuff. And having you, a good brush yeah, is having key. Having a good grill brush is key. Um, I like the ones that are, they kind of have uh, not little metal bristles, but it's more like a rolls of metal because they, they make better contact, but none of that comes off. And then sometimes you can get those cheap grill br brushes. And those little metal um, strands that the build that brush with could come off in your food. Yeah. Um, so you got to watch that. Uh, those scrapers, the wood scrapers work great. And I've got one. I need to do a little video on how to use it because I've got one. I'm impressed with we how We started good using they them are. on our grill grates and yeah. they work fantastic. But keeping those grates clean is really important. Um, I, you know, if your grates are bad, the easiest way I've found to clean them is get some simple green. It's like a food, food safe degreaser. You can spray those racks down, let them sit for two or three hours, and then take a water hose and spray them off. And most of the big stuff's going to come off mm -hmm. with that. Then you can just take a, you know, just an old towel or something and wipe them down good, and they're back good as new. That's the easiest way. Now, I would say it's important every couple of months to deep clean, especially if you're using your smoker a lot. And what that is, is that's going to be degreasing the whole thing. Now, if it has electrical components, sure, you don't want to spray them with water. But even like my big old hickory, the, the, um, I can, I can spray water on the inside of it. I'm not talking about pressure washing. I'm talking about spraying it down with some simple green, letting it warm up because that, the heat kind of works like that clean cycle on your oven and it, it kind of starts baking stuff, you know, all that crud off. And then you can come back with a water hose with just a sprayer on it and spray everything down on the inside and drain it. That takes it back to as clean as it was when you got it. Does that affect the seasoning? Well, at all? That, then you're going to reseason after that. And so, what I do for reseasoning is I just uh, spray it down with cooking spray, like Pam. You know, it doesn't have to. It doesn't matter what kind you use, and then bring it back up to, you know, two seventy five, three hundred degrees for three or four hours, and put some smoke through it. And that's going to reseason it, and then it's ready to go. Um, of course, what's going to help you the most is keeping your smokers out of the weather. If you know, if you don't have a covered area to cook them in, invest in a grill cover. Just about every model I make has a cut. They make a cover for it, you know, whether it's the big ones or oh, yeah. the barrels or anything, the Weber, they, they have covers for them and putting a cover on them when you they're not use used. Tarp. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that helps you more than anything. Uh, you know, it's going to preserve the life of that grill and it's, it's going to make, you know, cleanup easier on it because it's covered up when you uncover it. You can wipe it down. It's ready to go. I mean, that's, that's the main part. We start talking about smoker maintenance. Or you know, smoker cleaning. It's it's not it's not rocket science. It's easy stuff to do, but it's a lot of times you know it's hard to get in the habit to do it because after I've cooked for you know twelve hours on something, the last thing I really want to do is clean my smokers. But you got to be diligent, and you, you got to do it if you want it to last. About it. Well, you know, I mean, I like I hate starting on a dirty smoker, and so there was a time to where before I would get ready to do something, it's like I spent an hour cleaning it. Before I could cook on it. Well, I found it's easier to clean it while it's warm. 
I mean, yeah, you can clean them when they're cold, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot more elbow grease, a lot yeah. more scraping to get stuff all over you. But while everything's loose and warm, that's the time you want to go ahead and get it out of there. And you can you can ruin some equipment by just leaving it. Oh yeah, well you know, say ash is really hard on the fireboxes, especially if it gets moisture in there because it's going to rust it. And it, I mean, just the chemicals I guess in the ash and what's left over has a rusting effect on metal. And so I always want to get the ash out. But if it ever gets damp or gets any kind of moisture in there, it's even going to speed that process up. It's going to break it down. And that's where you see smokers get ruined. And, you know, they get they get a little bit of people forget to clean out that firebox and then they get rain somehow gets in there a little bit. And the next thing you know, you've rusted out the bottom of your cooker over time. So, you know, I got I keep an ash bucket around all the time and I'll... What I'll, what I'll do is, you know, if the ash is still hot, I'll rake it into that little metal bucket, put my lid on it, and let it cool out. And then I'll have a garbage can where I'll put a plastic liner, you know, the next day after I know it's hot and not going to melt through the bag. You know it's cold. I'll dump those. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I know it's cold, <laughs> not hot. <laughs> but when I know those ashes are cold, there's no more heat on them, then I'll dump them in a trash bag and throw them in our regular trash receptacle. Um, I, you know, I don't like dumping them around the yard and all that. I mean, there might be people who say it's good for flower beds and stuff. I don't know. I've never... Never really investigated using it. I just I hate ashes all over. We used yeah. to, at our old house. I had like a raised bed that ended up being my ash dump, and I was I said I'm never doing that again. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the time to dispose of it the right way. So you've also had some backwoods, which are water cookers. Oh, water water cookers are ones. Yeah, I know what you're going. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> that smell <laughs> when they get moldy and water cookers are notorious for doing it if you don't keep them clean. Because if you leave some water in a water pan and it's shut up in an insulated smoker like a backwoods, it will become the worst science experiment you've ever seen. It's bad. I'm talking about green, fuzzy mold everywhere. And I've it'll, seen y'all put up one, a backwoods, after a contest at the end of the season and let it sit all winter oh, and come man. back. There's nothing worse. I mean, I'm talking about... It, That's a long time ago. It, it, yeah, we've got, yeah, I hadn't done it anymore since that <laughs> one year. It took me cleaning that one time, and I don't know how many times we were puking in the garbage can. <laughs> it was it was horrible. I'm telling you, it gets so bad, you can't start to get, stand to get near it. But if you have a water cooker, you have to drain it. It is imperative to get all the water out and make sure that cooking chamber is dry because it's going to mold on you. And that helps with it still being a little warm too. Yeah, oh, it, that's how we, fit, you know, that's what we, so when we were cooking on backwoods, as soon as we got through cooking, we'd pull the firebox out, rake all the hot coals, put them in the metal bucket, drain that cooker, put the water hose in there, wash it out, get all the stuff through the drain, make sure the drain's clean, and then come back with old towels and wipe everything down in there. That way, it's still got some heat on it. The metal's still warm, and what what heat's left is going to dry it out. And that that right there is the easiest way to clean the backwoods. I mean, you've got to have something to drain them in. And this this goes for any kind of water cooker. Dump your water, spray all the grease and everything back out of the pan, and then redry that water pan with some old towels. And as soon as you do that, you're good to go. I mean, it's not. There's no way it's gonna mold on you. It's, it's, you know, it's a disaster you can avoid easy by <laughs> dumping that water and getting it out of there. Don't take it home with you. I mean, you have to say the worst thing about them is finding a place to dump that greasy water. And we've resorted to <laughs> some, probably some unorthodox tactics. 
<laughs> to say the least. Let's not talk about what you did with her. Yeah, I don't want well, the, let's just the say city some... of Hernando coming to get us. Yeah, no, I would never. I would, don't put it down drains because I will come talk to you. <laughs> Porter John's have been my friend. <laughs> We'd rid a Porter John a lot of times just because we knew we had to dump our backwoods water. <laughs> you don't want to go in one of those after you. Because <laughs> oh, it never goes straight in the hole. Oh, man. It's always on the seat. Too. Especially after a good hog cooking. So let's talk about clean and grill grates. Yeah, I mean, you know, the grill grates we use, like for in our PKs or our steak contests or searing steaks and stuff, they can get they can get pretty carb. I mean, they can get a lot of carbon buildup on them too. Yeah. Um, the best way that we've found to clean, I mean, they you know they make grill grate makes all kinds of tools to scrape theirs with, but they've got all kinds of little grooves in them, and you know where stuff where things build up, the little holes can fill if you're saucing stuff and glazing. They can, At Memphis and May. Oh yeah, our, <laughs> those are a wreck now. I mean, because yeah. but the best way to clean them that I found is turn them upside down over the heat. And let that heat work on them, and it kind of turns it all to a char. And then you can take the brush and clean them right off and spray them with cooking spray. you got to keep those things sprayed good. But it'll knock all that stuff loose by getting them hot. Yeah. And I'm not talking about having them 800 degrees in there. Just, you know, chimneys worth of coals over flipped upside down. It lets all that baked-on gunk kind of turn to carbon, and it makes it easier to scrape off. Then when you flip them back over, you can kind of run down with the, the grill grate tool, scrape all that loose out of the grooves spray some more cooking spray over the grates and that's where one of those wood uh wood spatula style grill cleaners comes in real handy because the way it works the wood actually kind of cuts into the groove and so each each uh, grill tool uh, adapts to that set of grill grates and then it just scrapes it right off and man it's those work fantastic yeah. and then your grill grates are right back to normal i mean i've you can so I've seen people soak them, you know, in food grade, simple meat, green yeah. water. Let them soak for a little while, knock them off. But the heat does you just as well, heat them up. Well, you talked about the wooden spatula and stuff like that. What equipment do you have, just specifically with the purpose of keeping grills clean? Grills clean well, or maintenance? Got to have your ash bucket, and I like to have like a little hose style tool. To scrape all the ash yeah. and stuff out. Fireplace tools. Yeah, work fireplace great. tool works great. Um, I use these little cheap paint scrapers. If I'm, you know, breaking down crud off the inside of my smokers, that's those things come in handy. You can uh, get those at Walmart. Yeah, for a you need bucks. a bucket for draining. If it, if your cooker has a grease drain, uh, we have just used red solo cups to scoop stuff <laughs> out. I mean, in old rags. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of tools. It's more elbow grease and water hose. You know, diligent. Yeah, and diligent staying on top of it. The more the more you you know you take the time and to to clean a little after each cook, it saves you time in the long run because it's not it's never going to get bad on you. So not only is it going to um, you know set save the life of your grill it's also gonna make your food taste better because you've got a clean you know clean smoker season properly i mean you're not gonna be like oh i don't want to grill because i gotta have to clean it up first yeah exactly it's better to do it at the end one thing that you've done before and i thought was pretty smart is you get a little shop vac for your pellet cookers and you'll use that to kind of clean up the pellet ash. I, I keep one. It's just one of those cheap shop vacs like you can get at Walmart. Yeah, it's like 30 bucks. I yeah, think, it's, it's and that's only for ashes. 
I use it. I use it because it can not only can it suck out all the pellet dust or clean out a pellet hopper. Um, I use it in my backwoods to keep the little uh, fan area clean back in there where it's hard to get. You can suck and get all the little corners with the attachment on it, but don't take it in the house and use it for vacuums. Uh-huh. <laughs> and here's another pro tip: don't uh, plug it up and turn it on and have it on the uh, opposite. opposite. <laughs> You'll have to get that out it. Pro tip: I like that. Uh, so, any other tips you have for grill maintenance, keeping it clean? No, I mean that's pretty much it. It's yeah. just common sense when it comes to keeping a grill clean. Just it's clean more it just after, the clean act it. of yeah, doing, doing it, it after. Even though you're tired, you've been cooking. You want to just sit down and enjoy yourself. Take that time, clean it up a little. Then, when it's still warm, it's yeah. easier. It'll be ready to go next time. And there's no easy way to yeah, do it. It's, just, yeah, it's just do it. But it is important. That's the main thing. It is important to keep your stuff clean. Yeah. Well, I thought we'd talk about what we have coming up uh, this weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Everybody's going to be out cooking and grilling and swimming. and um, That's our we, plan. We usually have something booked on Memorial Day weekend, either shows or contests or whatever. But this this one, we're at home. Stay at home. I'm probably going to fire up the grill, cook mm-hmm. some chicken wings, I think. I'm I don't know how many pounds of chicken wings I'm going to cook, so I'm, just, I'm in a chicken wing cooking mood. I got some new sauces I want to try out. going to smoke them? I'm going to do a little bit of all. I might even get out the big fryer. <laughs> the Cajun it's going to be chicken wing. Where is the Cajun fryer? It's over Jamie's. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's my plan. I'm going to cook some chicken wings, and I don't know. I'm sure we'll find something else to throw on the grill. Oh, yeah. It's going to be. Maybe uh, some dogs. Hot some dogs. Birds. Sausages. Yeah. Who knows? Look, Michael do a little cooking. Yeah. He's been itching to work on his uh, hamburger recipe. Well, and after that, we're going to Little Rock for the PK, the big PK grill out. I yeah, I'm looking forward it. to that yeah, one. Yeah, it's going to be a fun contest. Yeah. A lot of people are going to be there. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I, I got to go win it. I got to win my way into Fort Worth. So. Yeah, you've been slacking this year. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm due. I'm due. But you had um, a lot of seconds. That's the batteries. next thing coming up for us. Then we've got a big catering job we've got to do in June and. After that, it's vacation, baby. <laughs> what video? <laughs> Taking are you six doing? weeks off for vacation. Oh, we got some videos coming up. Um, actually, the one that I'm excited about seeing, we recorded last week at Memphis and May, and Shane Draper from Griller Grills came out. It's another. This is another one of those collaboration videos where somebody kind of teaches me something. And Shane did three different styles of tacos. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. We did. He did a tuna. Tuna taco. Um, he did a ribeye steak taco, and then he actually did. We did a couple a couple slabs of ribs and broke those ribs down and made a rib taco. Yeah. And they were all kind of had this Asian Asian-y. influence yeah. to it, so Asian it's kind of an Asian street taco. And man, they were really good. So I'm hoping that you hadn't had a chance to edit it because it's a lot of footage to put together. Well, we shot so. it and then went straight to Memphis MA. Yeah. So, yeah. and and also I've got um I did a lot of footage at Memphis MA and got some interviews, not as much as I had liked, but um I'm gonna put together a little Memphis MA video. Yeah. We'll start on it tonight probably. Well, get to working on it. You know, and our plan was to do some a lot of live stuff at Memphis MA. I didn't realize that cell phones don't work when that many people yeah. get together. I mean, I forgot. It's like a 
go into a sporting event and you get everybody on the tower, you can't get any connection. So my messages and, and even phone calls and stuff didn't come through to the middle of the night. Yeah. I guess they were jammed up on the the server there. But that man, always it was, happens yeah. when we forget. So, eh, we'll remember next year. But what, what video are we cooking next week? What recipe? Any ideas? Any plans? Any thoughts? I haven't even uh, I'm doing something with beef. I know that. Probably, oh, yeah, because Matador, got, yeah. prime he, beef. They sent fun. me some some steaks that I want to do. I've got a recipe that I've been I've been wanting to do for a while. I just hadn't pulled the trigger on it. What and is it's, it? It's my take on uh, Kelly, Chef Kelly English's surf and turf that he does at Iris. And they're taking it off the menu. And it's really? my favorite thing Why that when we go there. The they're revamping. He's revamping his menu. So it's going to be, there's a lot of the stuff that's been there forever is going to be gone. Yeah. And so this is kind of my homage to that because <laughs> it's going to be well, tell but, what it I is. mean it's so simple it's a it's a grilled uh, New York strip that they stuff with deep fried oysters and, and it's served with like a blue sauce. cheese almost like a hollandaise blue cheese or something like that it's just like a creamy buttery blue cheese sauce that's drizzled over it all does and he stuff it does he grill it it's and grilled and then cuts a slice in it and just pokes it full of deep fried oysters and, so, they, they, and they, it's so good yeah. and so well, i've been wanting to do that and so uh matador what are you gonna stuff it with i, gonna, I think i'm gonna deep fry some oysters really yeah so we uh, do need the cajun fry yeah no i'm not gonna do that many i think just <laughs> well, <while we're> <laughs> I, I think the oysters. dutch oven will do just yeah. fine it's not like i'm trying to cook pounds of oysters <laughs> i just need a little but i gotta source some good oysters i don't want to just go supermarket and buy, buy you know, jo- joey oysters. <laughs> joey can oyster now i gotta see if brad can order me up some uh, uh, at least a pint or two of oysters i don't need a gallon or anything <laughs> but that's that's the recipe i've been wanting to do for a while um, i have some tri-tip in there that i need to do uh probably probably ought to do david's or see if he he come over and wants to do a video or something about <laughs> his little Boy. beef entry <laughs> that would be a good video but yeah, yeah we've got a lot of stuff on deck um kind of I ain't gonna lie, I'm kinda of tuning out for Memorial Day. I wanna I wanna not think about it. I just wanna have some fun for a few days yes. and and reset and then busy. get through these next couple of weeks and it's vacation. I'm gonna take you to Turks Caicos. We're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get us some sun and decompress. But yeah, that's about it, man. I'm it's been an exciting first half of the year. This yeah. is you know, Memphis and May for some reason, I know it's it's not the halfway part, but it always feels like when we get through that, the sad thing is our year's half over. Because, yeah. I mean, it's been so wild, the spring and into summer. Well, it's always a little crazy in spring. And then summer kind of just levels out and we get back more back to a normal, you know, groove, yeah. Yeah, normal groove. And then the fall picks back up because all the championships That's right. that come along. You know, the SEA World Championships, the Jack, the I get the itching because hunting Royal. season's there. <laughs> Deer start moving yeah. around good. So, no, no, we got a, we got exciting... Uh, next few months, rest of the year planned out. We're, we're just—I feel like we're halfway through, and we're gonna keep on checking at it. So, is there anything else that that we want to talk about in episode nine? No, uh, I think we covered everything on my list, on my uh, right. to-do list. If you want to connect with Malcolm, it, you can find him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at How to Barbecue Right. If you would like to connect with me, you can connect with me on Twitter. And Instagram at Miss Southern Shell. And it's really hard for us to answer all the questions and comments on YouTube. So if you have a question, if you have a comment, 
send it to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're a little behind on answering some of those questions this week, but we're going to get caught back up, get back on our schedule. We try to answer them every single day. Um, it's We're a few days behind. I've got almost 3,000 emails to go through. <laughs> so <laughs> I may not get them this weekend. I'm, in fact, I'm going to tell you I'm not going to get them this weekend because it's Friday and I'm tuning out. <laughs> but no, everybody have a great Memorial Day yes. out there. Fire up those grills, man. Put some good smoke in the air. Make your friends and family happy. And we'll see y'all next week. Y'all have a good one.